Brian. Rana. Little bit of housekeeping here. Little bit of housekeeping. Now, we want everyone to know that we recorded this episode with Mike Shore a few weeks ago, and it's one of my faves. Absolutely. Uh, um, what a blast. I was so excited for everyone to hear it. Uh, yeah, we really hope you enjoy it. And also, for those of us who, who uh, for those of you who join us in the carriage house, we're, we got a quiff switch. We and picked that, a quiff switch. I love that. <laughs> so cute. We decided to pick two new movies that um, I think I think speak more to the times right now that that we haven't seen that or I haven't seen one of them, and I think you haven't seen one of them. Maybe am I right? That's right. Right. We so decided to meet the moment a little bit. Exactly. Yeah. So I picked Thirteenth, uh, which is on Netflix by you, uh, Ava DuVernay, which you have I have not seen. I have seen. Oh, and I picked "Do the Right Thing" by Spike Lee, which I have not seen. Oh, I you're in for, you're in for. I don't want to call it a trait because that that feels a little bit trite. But no, but are, I think you are in for something. To, it's a very it's a powerful and wonderful film, and, you and are, I keep hearing that movie is yeah. you know holds up and holds up and holds up. Oh, so I'm so absolutely. excited! So Thirteenth yeah. and "Do the Right Thing" are the movies in Quiff this week. If you're joining us in the Carriage House. And please enjoy this fabulous interview with Mike Shore. Kiss, kiss. Rana here with one more quick note. We'll also be changing our Patreon Carriage House Book Club selection for June to James Baldwin's The Fire Next Time. We can't wait to discuss June 26th in The Carriage House. Patreon.com slash Ask Rana. Hi, Rana. <laughs> you always wait for me to say Rana. I mean, I Brian. Do. I do. That's my cue. And I thought, now I've given it away. I can never do it again. I wanted to wait and see how long I could possibly wait before you Rana, spoke. I'm nothing if not chivalrous. I'm nothing if not chivalrous. You are a gentleman. That's true. You're very well-mannered. Thank you very much. No, qu- And you look like a gentleman today wearing a collared shirt for I'm me. wearing... I'm wearing a collared shirt just for you, Ron. I feel like I've sort of been slumming lately, and I just yeah. want you to know that you know things are under control with me personally and professionally. Um, <laughs> <laughs> As regards the podcast, whenever anyone says something like that, uh huh, I think it means things are completely out of control. No, 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 no. Things are fine. I'm pretty sure that's what that means. Things are absolutely fine. If the anyone ever says, "Don't worry, I've got it under control," I think you're saying that. You're, t- you're telling yourself that, and then you're saying out loud to make it true. All I'm saying is, Rana, remember yeah. how I like didn't say hi to you when you came in the carriage house today? Yeah, I did notice. Just but you know, come- sometimes you're very, you're the talent, Brian. Me? So, so I have to sort of handle you with kid gloves. I have to read your mood. So if you don't say hello to me, I have to say to myself, you know what? He's either just been keening or he's taking a breath. He will, when we start, the chivalry will kick in and he will be yep. ready to go. But as a performer, you need your moment before. That's true. And and earlier, I was in the bathtub this morning um, yeah. after I, I would, had done- I would assume, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I had done a little bit of a, a 
workout online, a hit, a hit workout. So it's very sweaty. So I got in a hot bath, which I know sounds counterintuitive, but it felt great. And I I was taking a bath. Exactly. I filled the tub up a little too much. And sometimes I like to hold my breath under the water and swish my hair around. Do you know what I mean? So I can just feel like a mermaid. I do actually. Yeah. (laughs) So I was doing- still doing that, huh? I'm still doing it. How big is that bathtub? I can't even remember. It's enormous. You know what? You can fit all the way in that. I guess it's because it's Japanese soaking tub. It is. That's probably why. Yeah. It is a deep tub, and honestly, Japanese soaking tub. So it is. So um. And when this is all over, you're going to take me to your favorite Ryokan in Japan, and we're going to have a great trip. I know. Uh, I know exactly. When are we taking a bathing trip? We need to take a bathing. We need to take a bathing trip. I couldn't agree more. Well, so anyway, the bath is a huge mess right now. It's a lot of. um, I used one of those. um, I ordered a a bath bomb from Lush, like the really bright blue one. No, 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 no. No, no, no. Well, so there's a ring around the tub that I can't get off it. Yeah. No. All right. Which part? There were very few things I put my foot down about, and Lush is this one is of one them. of them. Lush is what I I do not believe. I they actually, don't test on animals. I'm going to get upset. I don't care if they want to test on every animal that ever lived. <laughs> Oizir, I'm not. It, there were what very is the few problem? things. It is the Trader Joe's of bo- bath and body products. There's yes. nothing I hate more. I really mean this, Brian. I'm really passionate about this. Oh, God, don't come back here. There is nothing I hate more than a purveya of soap where they cut the soap like it's fudge. Yeah, like bread, yeah. Where they'll cut you oh, off like a fudge. piece That's of better. Yes. fudge. Rocky Mountain. Lavender fudge, rose fudge. And then they put There's it in one of those little bakery bags. more disgusting to Why me. Why is that? I am the thought that you could mistake fudge. Food. First of all, that you should treat soap like food is crazy. I and I don't care if things. they think it's cute or it's not cute. And don't go to New Orleans because every other door, there's a store that wants to slice you off a piece of soap. That's honestly like that's a the deli. I'd never shall the two meet. So and cute. I don't and I don't want fruit in my salad either. It's like when they make a Rana, what are you talking about now? I do not want fruit in my salad. A Why? fruit salad. I don't mind, but I don't want a tangerine slice in my salad or a raspberry in my salad or a blueberry in my salad. Well, you did not live in the late 80s, early 90s then. Okay, Okay, Brian. Oh, I did it? You goddamn right I did, and I was tortured. It was absolute torture. Yeah. I couldn't go anywhere. I had to go home if I wanted a salad because they didn't have 10 degrees and they didn't have this one and that one. They had super salad, but that wasn't for me because that was just a big, you know, salad oh, without, without a shield. Salad. Sue Plantation closed. Did you read that? I did. You know, I didn't grow up on that, <laughs> but I did read that they closed. No, I never went to a soup plantation. I, just I thought loved the na- super salad. I thought I was the name was a- hysterical. <sighs> All cafeteria style is my, like, I'm not even kidding, are, were all my childhood favorites. Oh, I Loved feel it. sick. Well, so there's a big rim around the, and it smells no, sort of like cotton candy. Please stop discussing it. Okay. I'm serious. I'm getting yeah. very heated because wow. make, the idea of it makes me sick. And the idea that you would bring that into my home. Rana, it's soap. And that now somebody has to clean, poor Yadvina has to smell that cheap I, soap. I am starting to feel sorry for her. Yeah. You what do you mean? You feel sorry that she's just about what cheap? That thing costs like eight dollars. Oh, you know what? 
Save save the hysterics for somebody else. Truly. Well, also, Ron, and we I, had such a nice time the other night, and now this. I you know what? I'm starting to see there's a pattern. I'm starting to see there's a pattern. What are Rana? Oh, I, I did do to something take a nice for you, and then you say, "Oh, she thinks she's in charge of doing nice things for me." Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to order a bath bomb from Lush, and I then I'm just going to casually mention to her, "She, you know, I hate Lush." We've had this conversation. I think, yes, I do remember something about it. Do you want to, I I'm also got, by the way. casually drop that. I'm going to ha- go up to the main house, to the patio for a little drink. And then Ronna, th- oh, Ronna thinks she's the one. I'm a charity case and she invites me over for a drink. Well, I'm going to get a bath bomb. I'm starting so you, to see how it works. Do you want to do a strawberry shortcake facial with me later? <laughs> I got one of those too. Is it one of those foamy ones? You have to, and Rana, you have to keep it in the fridge because it's like oatmeal. It's like those overground, uh, overground, uh, overnight oats. It's like that, but then more um, antioxidants. No. Well, Rana, I'd rather I'd rather put mayonnaise in my hair like Big Ed. Oh, <laughs> By the, the way, the only thing you think about <laughs> think about Big Ed, and then think about the fact that he smells like mayonnaise. It mayonnaise. is too much to, it is, that is my lush. It is no. too much to bear, Rana. Mayonnaise. It's too much to bear. That's the only solution he could come up with. Mayonnaise. Also, he's living in 1982. I don't think anyone's put that mayonnaise in the hands since 1982. So gross. Ed. Boy, she told him. <sighs> she really did. I can't She's wait. the queen. She's the queen. I can't Rana, wait to see what's listen, next. All I them. want to say, sorry about that. Yeah. All I want to say is this. Yeah. Oh, it's the lobster men. Oh, what does he want? Oh, no, he asked if we could meet through the window again today. You know, we do those like prison signs, sexy with each other through the window. Anyway. Yeah. Rana. Yeah. Yeah. I want to thank you for a truly gla- like glamour. I felt like a movie star, Rana. Yeah. At, Rana had me to her patio, which is really the closest I've been in a while to the main house. Your pool was sparkling. Thank the, you. I had a sea bass and a crispy rice. I don't know how you did that. Yeah. And these gorgeous roasted vegetables. Yeah. And not to mention, I don't know which drink to start with. The blood orange margarita or the bottle. I mean, I'm gonna, I have chills thinking about it. I'm not even kidding. The bottle of Dom Perignon that you opened for me. I had never had it. You, I felt like I was 21 at the 21 Club. You know what? When the good things happen in life, you have to celebrate them. Oh my God, Ron. Now even more so. You know, yeah. none of this, what are we waiting for? I guess so. And you had mentioned that you had never had a bottle of dumb. And of course, you know, I had either I bought it or someone bought it for me. Who knows how many bottles I have in there, but I'm just right. collecting dust. Right. And I thought to myself, we should celebrate sauna privileges. Yeah. We wow. have been getting, so first of all, let's talk about since February, this thing really started in March. Since February, we have been pushing so hard. I know. I mean, this job has doubled or tripled at least for it's us since, n- since the February. The research, the energy, the, the, the sort of design element that goes into- All of it. And we have so much more in the pipeline. And plus connecting with all your connections and getting, I mean, it's really, is unbelievable. And we have- You've done a beautiful job, Rana. We, we. Thank you. Thank you. And people have been so positive about sun privileges. They really love it. And it looks great. And it's fun to watch. And I said, you know what? We have to celebrate life's victories. We do. 
So and we had a bottle wait. of jam. I couldn't believe it. And now I, there's a, and now a bath bomb went off like a so, soap terrorist in my carriage house. Rana, I have to tell you, yeah. there's nothing more. I really wish you'd try it because there's nothing more exclusive feeling than having a blood orange margarita, a beautiful sea bass by the pool with a dottle of bon, Dom Perignon, and then going in and, and taking a, a gorgeous, soak. luscious, lush <laughs> bath. It's true. Well, I'm so glad you like the food. You know what? That rice cake. Unbelievable. Think, Think about that spicy, crispy rice, spicy tuna they sell everywhere, how yes. they do the rice cake under it. And then I just thought, what if that was the rice? I mean, doesn't everybody love it a was crispy so, rice? It was, it was a crisp, creamy rice. It was rice. so easy to do. Are you kidding? And it was, su- and it was such a pleasure to do it. Rana, it was gorgeous. You cut it in a, yeah. like a perfect- Like a cake, yeah. Like a cake. Like a, Well, like a giant sushi rice. Yeah. 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 But better, because it, it had the consistency almost of like polenta. Yeah. But the outside was crispy. If people get lucky, I'll post the recipe. Oh, my God, Rana. Probably it was tr- not, because that's sort of my trick right now. That's my signature trick. You know, you always have to have a couple of tricks up your sleeve. Uh, the whole thing practically moved me to tears. I'm not even kidding. Oh, you said. So and sweet. you let me keep the box. I got to take the box of Dom home, which was- I should have I let I you keep the it. bottle. You could have made a candle out of it. That's you true. Let- <laughs> Or something. A Do you like away? it when birthday cakes are made to look like a different food, like a hamburger? Hamburger cake. Or like, yeah. Do you like that? No, I can't believe we didn't talk about the nightmare that was the clown cake in Bob and Carol and Ted and Alice. When the, when the child has of his an birthday, era. I couldn't. But I can't. It's the scariest clown cake I've ever seen. Of and that was a cake from the late sixties, if I've ever seen. Horrifying, one. disgusting. And we never were talked people about- making cakes professionally then for birthday parties. Well, you know what? I, of course they were, but you know oh. what? This is free feed. That's Patreon talk. We got to get out of that. Okay. All right. Let's get let's into get some- to our comments and our updates, and let's get going here. That's but I'm true. so delighted you had a good time, and I would. And it was please, a glamorous time. Please come over for another glamorous night at the pool. I'm gonna, I'm gonna sell you on these bath bombs. But it was so funny because it's been freezing in Boston, and I. But at first it was warm, and then it was cold, and so I said, "All right, I'm yeah, what's open. going on?" I said, "I'm opening." You know, I keep the pool heated, of course, to 90 degrees. It was steaming. It looked like we were in the jungle, and that was really fun. Is that we had that smoky steaming gorillas in the mist? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Fabulous. It did feel like Hollywood. It felt like old Hollywood. Yeah, that was fun. And if this heat lamp, so we weren't cold. No. Rana, we got such an email from someone who we had originally answered a question for about hair advice during quarantine. Oh, of course. With Megan Rath, we did that. Megan Rath. Megan Rath. Megan Rath and Jack. I miss Megan Rath. Wasn't she fun? Oh, she was so great. So smart. So great. I know. I hope she's not even the British one. No, and I hope she'll come to visit us once uh, quarantine's over. She'll come to Marblehead. She'll love Marblehead. She was oh, she'll love it here. She'll she yeah. would, and we can love. send Jack on the Freedom Trail tour where we all hang out and have. A He'd drink. love that to show them how he lo- how they lost. Yes, just to rub his face in it. That's right. <laughs> That's right. Well, Rana, you made. I remember from this email, you made a lot of assumptions about what this kind of person was and what they looked like. Brian, so, let me tell you something. Yeah. Today, I decided to use my my. May I make a palette that I've been using forever? Yeah, you're doing a, a thing. So remember I told you I had a new palette, a Tom Ford palette? Yeah. And then I decided to go back to my old palette and I just felt like it. Really? And okay. I had never even really looked at it to see what it was called, but people had been asking, Rana, what's your makeup? Ba, ba, ba. So today I decided to flip it over and see what it was called. And you know what it was called? 
Wise. Mystic eyes. That's nice. So I think what you're about to say is you think I'm a little bit of a clairvoyant. I think you might be. Mystic yeah. River shot in the Boston area, right? Mystic River is okay. in the Boston area. Is in the Boston area. Okay. Yeah. Very close to here, actually. Ron and Brian, thank you so much for your Megan, Megan and Jack's advice. You guys made my day. I was so surprised when Rana guessed that I was goth with black hair at 16 years old. She was right about dyeing my hair to be different. Uh, uh, of course I was. Yeah. I was a theater kid and also dyed my hair red to stand out from the sea of brunettes. Rana's intuition and insight is incredible. It's certainly, Rana, sometimes I think you really make grand pronouncements that I'm like, that is so outrageous. What are you even thinking? And it's not only right, it's dead on right. Look, some people can sing. This is what I do. Sure. I was so glad to hear everyone saying that you can go gray anytime you want. Brian, you saying that you're never entertained by someone with gray hair did open my eyes. I got to think about my job. It's in Anaheim, not Vegas, and not disappoint those with high standards like yours. Listening to everyone talk about whether gray hair fits with my age and my career made me realize I'm a little too young at this moment. So after quarantine, I'm going to listen to Rana and go to a professional to get my hair colored closer to the brown color that is also coming in. But now during quarantine, I'm staying natural and keeping my gray. Thank you for the great advice. Kiss, kiss, cat. I have to be honest. Yeah. Her hair sounds like a mess. (laughs) Everyone's is right now except yours. No, but doesn't that sound like a mess? Red and gray, and she wants it to go brown. I mean, come on. It's a little bit. I'm going to need a picture. Yeah. Cat, send us a picture because we need to know if we gave you the right advice. It sounds like she's running. we did not say anybody can go gray anytime they want. No. She's running. If you're feeling it and you like the way it looks, you can go gray. Absolutely. But we did not say everybody has fabulous gray hair. We even, I believe, suggested that people, if they want to go gray and they don't have perfect gray hair, they get gray highlights. They do. Yeah. It's not it's not no yeah. maintenance going gray if you want it no. to look great. As no. Fran Lebowitz said, Rana, when Tori when Toni Morrison said to write your book and tell your story, she didn't mean you. That's what you're saying. Moving on. We also have a few reviews, Rana. Just Jeffrey 65 gave five stars and wrote, Pinch me, I'm dreaming. Rana is the well-bred, well-traveled, well-informed, non-nonsense friend and confidant that everyone needs. Brian is the guy who has the skill to punch it up with a kind of silly but smart humor and fun that we all wish we could possess. It's as if someone cast the podcast with people from my daydreams. If I'm dreaming, never wake me up to a world without Rana and Brian. Oh, isn't Very that sweet. nice? Yeah. Very- would you like me to continue reading or would you like to read one? I Rana? love it when you read. Why, you want me to read one for fun? If you want to, but I'm happy to do them. I love it when you read them. Justin gives us five stars and writes, yes, yes, yes. Yes. Y-A-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S. Does Jordan say that? I don't Does he say yes? I don't know. How do you say how do you say it? I've only ever seen it. You know who says it? Cody, Cody Grigsby or Rigsby, my Peloton instructor. Oh, sure. I believe that. Who I'm crazy about. He's my new Peloton instructor. And I- What happened you, to Ben, Rana? Ben is still in the background. Okay. But but Cody has a friend who DJs with him. 
You're kidding. I'm not kidding. It's honestly, it feels like being on the patio having cocktails in Provincetown. How fun. He dances the whole time. The DJ is his chubby little sidekick. And the DJ plays Britney Spears and dances the whole time. And they have such fun together. Rana. And I think you would love Cody. When we're permitted, it would be insane for you and I not to have a residency in Provincetown. I couldn't agree. I couldn't agree more. I'll I'll be staying in Truro, though. What does that mean? It's one town over. It's the most beautiful town. Is it cheaper? No. (laughs) Well, I don't know if you get a better deal if you're not actually in Provincetown. Oh, no. You certainly don't. Not in Truro. I mean, Truro is the end of the Cape before it becomes Provincetown. And it is absolutely stunningly gorgeous because it's where the Cape thins out. Right. It almost becomes like an isthmus. Yeah. Okay. I don't know. Okay. And it thins out. Mm -hmm. Well, an isthmus is really connected to another land source, so it couldn't quite be an isthmus. Got it. Think of an isthmus as like a big sandbar that you could build a bridge on. Gotcha. Big enough to build a bridge. Like the Keys? Although not exactly. Yes, but the Keys, much like this, they just extend. It's a peninsula, really. Right. When you stop to think about it. But the Keys are really an archipelago also. Anyway. Archipelago, archipelago. Uh, in any event, it's where the Cape gets skinny and hooks. And so the the beaches, are, and Wellfleet is there too, which is also gorgeous. And the beaches are so magnificent, but they're so, you often can't swim because there's an undertow because they're uh-huh. so rough. But there's nothing quite like being on the beach, that, that feeling that you look out onto the ocean and you and you know that the next spot of land is not for thousands of miles. Sure. And the sea has a real roughness and a real beauty in places like that. Sounds so and romantic. Truro is really quite gorgeous. So I'll be in Truro and you'll be in Provincetown. And you can well, I'll be you, in Truro. I mean, we'll you see can ya. bring your crew over for a kiki. That is fun because I have to say, the thing about Rana is she doesn't yeah. want to be mobbed by fans every day while she no. gets her coffee, but no. she won't mind if I curate a group of people to come over and if have a laugh. Right Exactly. And I hope Cody Rigsby is one of them. I do too. We're going to make, I think you and Cody would be great friends. Really? He's wonderful. And he's a great shoulder mover. On uh, the I'm pretty good. Di- I know you are. That's why I think you'd like each other. Oh, Rana, he does sound You fun. know what? We're going to get Cody. She- we're going to get Cody on the podcast. He. Great. Let's get him on the podcast. I'm going to get, and you know what? Let's get Cody on the podcast. Maybe it'll be, maybe it'll be a Patreon, but let's get him on to talk about working out in quarantine. That sounds great. Could he also in Provincetown be our warm up um, person, but instead of a comic, he's like a speaker? Absolutely. No question. He'd be wonderful. Yeah. Perfect. Okay. Okay. Justin gives five stars. Yes, yes, yes. I'll never forget the day I found out Rana and Brian would be doing a podcast together. From throwing shade to ask Rana, I just can't get enough. Pure entertainment and joy. I'm a proud ship member and have thoroughly enjoyed Quiff and, of course, the books of the month. Thank you both for helping me to laugh and smile during such difficult times. Your discussion and advice are always a blessing. P.S. I'd love to hear an update on the missing towel from the carriage house. There, you know, why do what? people do this? I don't know. Shame on them, Rana. We were having such a good time. We really were. And, and I'd ult- like to hear an update on the town. Bygones, 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 bygones. I'd like to hear an update on the town from the carriage Well, so house. that- Because I know you can't order one towel from Frette because they only give you free shipping if you spend 150 or more. 
But if you order one towel, they charge you about as much as a second towel. Well, there's one called Fieldcrest that you can buy. No, it looks (laughs) exactly, Rana, it looks exactly the same. That you can buy. That it you looks can buy exactly con- the that same. That you can buy. It's a beautiful towel from, from right from Target. It's one of their in-house brands. It's nicer <sighs> than the Martha one. So anyway, I can't. You know, Brian, I shouldn't have told you because you never. I was having noticed. so much fun, and now I'm exhausted. But you'll never notice. Wrong. It happens so quickly. We're going to do a taste test, and you'll see which one you think it is. Oh, I just got so disappointed that we weren't doing a residency in Providence, in Provincetown this summer. We can't this summer. But I, I feel know, like I we got absolutely so sad should. about How it. How fun would that be to just go for a a month. A blast. A and, blast. And just- We're going to oh do God, it. We should do it. We got to do it. We're going to do it. I'm down for that for sure. Yeah. Okay. Finally, Emily in Vermont Why says- I, But I'll be- I just remembered though. I'll be in the vineyard. Well- So we'll, I don't want to work- Well, then I can't rent a house in Truro if I'm going to be in the vineyard. I mean, no, Rana, we're going to stay- we, But they have shares in Provincetown. I to see. Where, what so you I'll can have do. to just come over for the day. No- yeah. No. Okay. Well, so I'll come over from the vineyard just to do the show. All right. We're going to have to. Well, then how am I going to get. No, you'll do, be in Provincetown, but we really won't be spending the summer together. Rana, they have I'll shares. I'll just come over for the shows. They have shares in Provincetown that <laughs> we don't necessarily know who the other roommates are. But if you, <laughs> if you were tired after the show, you could stay. Well, this sounds like at least a fun TV show. Rana comes Ron to and, Provincetown. Yeah, Rana and Brian come to Provincetown. It's but Rana. I mean, it's Trudeau, a good setup Trudeau. for a show. No, the show, setup for the show is that I agree to go to this share where, who knows who's there. Yep. And every week, two new fun people are in the share. And, and every one week, week it's I, Cody from Peloton, and another yes. week it's you know, uh, I don't know who. I was going to say Little Varia. Richard, but he's no longer with us. <laughs> <Yeah>. Varia. <laughs> And yeah, another week it's someone from Pillow Talk, and exactly. another week, and another week it's Queer Eye. Yep. And another week it's uh, you know, a and basketball every week player. It's, what am I going to do to convince you to stay in Provincetown and not go back to Martha's Vineyard? That's the act two. I can't wait. All right. Finally, Emily in Vermont calls us a true joy. She gives us five stars and says, I found Rana through Brian and throwing shade and my life is better for it. There may not be a vaccine for the virus yet, but there is an antidote for the quarantine blues and it's these two. Kiss, kiss. So sweet. Isn't that wonderful? Thank you, everyone, for for writing in. And and also just a a nice reminder that – you can always join the Carriage House and be an exclusive Carriage House member for five dollars. Absolutely, please join the Carriage House for ten, and you can have body pads for ten, and you can have body parts for ten. And we have so much fun stuff planned coming up. But don't you get forget a, an entirely new episode on Patreon every week, and you get to see us in sauna privileges. Do it's the true. episode. It's true. I mean, it's unbelievable. And we should tell people for who are signing up for the Patreon Carriage House this month for June. Every sauna privileges membership, two dollars from our two, from our sauna privileges tier. Every membership is going to the Trevor Project, one of the the top of the line LGBTQ charity. And I say that because you know where every dollar is going. They're the most they're the most highly rated on Charity Navigator, and they are a wonderful organization for LGBTQ youth who are depressed, suicidal, etc. It's wonderful. I know. I mean, how many times can we tell these people? It's true. I guess we'll just keep telling them. I guess we will. Now, Rana, with this guest today, I mean, this is like having Louis B. Mayer here. More or less. I mean, isn't it funny? We had Scott Ackerman on. We told him he was a mogul. Then this is And then we've got this mogul. Yeah. I mean, this is like, you know. Shirley Temple. 
this has become the, the mogul podcast. It certainly has. Becoming. I don't know yeah. how you get these people. Uh, we may, yeah, yeah. I ask. Okay. What are you doing? What are they going to say? No. Yeah. I mean, come on. Old friends. Oh. Old friends. Okay. Uh, all right. Without further ado, I think we should bring on our guest. Let's do it, Rana. Attention, Carriage House members, Rana here to tell you all about Anchor.fm. Anchor is the fabulous app that we use to create our podcast. And let me tell you something. You can use it to create a podcast of your own. It's totally free. They have these terrific creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer, if you're that sort of person. I have a staff, excuse me. And now you can even add any song from Spotify directly to your episodes, which is pretty fabulous. The possibilities are totally endless. So download the free Anchor app now or go to anchor.fm to get started today. Kiss, kiss. Brian. Rana, it's Pride Month. It's June and you know what, what that means. What a way to means. kick off the summer. It is Pride Month and I have to tell you, we're included. We're not going to let them hold us down. Just because no they say way. there's a quarantine, just because they say there's a pandemic, we're not not celebrating pride here at Ask Rana in the Carriage House. That's right. It's a clothing optional pool party at Ask at Rana Glickman's house. Please come over as fast as you can. Actually, clothing's not optional because if you're going to show up here, there's you only better show one up in thing a pride to t-shirt. wear. Correct. Currently just released. This is now out at podswag.com slash askrana. It is Brian's Pride Icons Tea. This is all my TV icons when I was growing up that I wanted in my life. It is Devereaux and Cherish and Pope and Glickman. And Brian. And Brian. And Available Brian. now. It's so cute. It's the Helvetica tea with a little bit of a rainbow dash thrown in at the end. That's right. And we should tell people for who are signing up for the Patreon Carriage House this month for June, every sauna privileges membership, $2 from our, two, from our sauna privileges tier, every membership is going to the Trevor Project. One of the... The top of the line LGBTQ charity, and I say that because you know where every dollar is going. They're the most they're the, the most highly rated on Charity Navigator, and they are a wonderful organization for LGBTQ youth who are depressed, suicidal, etc. It's wonderful. They're so, doing amazing work. We're delighted to donate to them. Yep. And go get your teas. We'll, ah. we'll see you at the Not Clothing Optional Pool Party. Correct. Not at my house. No. Not with a giant group of people. No. Yeah. Yeah. Happy Pride. No, wait a minute. Hold on just five seconds, Rana. This is outrageous this time. Uh, you have I mean, outdone yourself. You know what's hysterical about this? Tell me. This is Hollywood meets Boston meets Hollywood again. So I, you're going to have to walk me through it. All the worlds are colliding right now. Well, it's two worlds. I get, well, it's there and back and back again. I see. And I guess today. It's someone I knew before he was a mogul. You're kidding. Okay. And then he became a mogul and then we reconnected and then you're out in Hollywood, of course. So I'm sure you two know each other. 
I mean, yeah, it's no uh, surprise. You know, me. we haven't met. I've I've definitely banged on that door, and I've approached him at several parties <laughs> with, I don't know. I did a tap dance routine for him one time. I thought it was funny, but anyway, it's never. We've never officially officially met. So he may have I noticed did a cartwheel. you. Yeah, he's definitely noticed me. Definitely <laughs> noticed me. Yeah, I've made myself known. This guy, I mean, it's Come so fun. On. Wait it's, a minute. Yeah, for we should say his name, I suppose, so people know who we're talking about. But Mike. N- Sure. Yeah. Maybe you've heard of Pax and Rec. Yeah. Maybe you've heard maybe of Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Maybe not. Ha- maybe you haven't. Maybe, sure. maybe you've heard of The Office. Maybe you've heard of The Good Place. Oh, come on. No one's heard of that. Okay. Are you kidding? Are you kidding? And Pretty I want to know what, and I want to know what he's doing because right before, we're going to get into it, but right before this quarantine happened, he decided he was going to wrap everything up. And now well, here we are he? all wrapped up at home. Everyone's wrapped up. This guy, Michael, how are you? I'm great. How are you, Rana? I'm so delighted. Is it Michael? You could... It doesn't matter. Either oh, one. okay. It's Michael officially. Okay. But I mean, let's put it this way. When the Harvard bartending service sent him to my party, I don't Was. know how long ago, 23 years ago, uh-huh. he said, nice to meet you, Mrs. Glickman. I'm Michael Shaw. They said, we're sending Michael Shaw over. Okay. In Hollywood, he's known as Mike Shaw. Sure. It's more casual so- there. So when he's presenting himself formally, he said, Mrs. Glickman, nice to meet you, Michael Shaw. So let's but, let's just remember this. This was 1995. Yeah. Right? You I tell was, me. I don't I was, remember. I was I, doing the drinking. You were doing the serving. That's right. I was, a, <laughs> I was an undergrad, and you were back because your husband had a reunion event. Right? My husband is an alumnus, of course, just like you have at Harvard Medical School. I know you're not a doctor, but he was. Uh, and so what we used to do is we'd have these fabulous parties at our house and what everyone would do is they'd call it the habit and people think I'm joking. Habit has a bad tending school. Mm-hmm. Excuse sure. me. Excuse me. So they send over a student bartender. And in this case, they sent over this Mike Shaw, who was very clean cut, very well behaved as far as I know. It was very but polite. If you, if you think I thought you had a future, you're wrong. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> now, why is that? I, I thought I I thought I did a good job. Because you because you were fun, but you weren't funny. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I was just trying to be professional. I, I it was a very it was a big deal for me. It was my summer job that year, and you were having yeah. a fundraiser for yeah Bonnie for Frank, Congressman Bonnie Frank, Bonnie Frank right. fabulous Bonnie Frank. Which right. there's and, another and so connection I, there, Brian. And I, because I'm gay, was, Rana. <laughs> Because you're young and handsome, and that's the sort of guy that Bonnie would bring around. All okay. I was told, I was told, like this is a big deal. These are these are like fancy big donors, uh, people, big donors. Big donors. Yeah. And so I I put on my little uh, crimson uh, bartending vest, and I had a little name tag. Yeah. And I and I just I remember I just really wanted to do a good job, and it, I didn't I didn't recognize any of the people there except for uh, Congressman Frank. But it definitely yeah. felt like there was a lot of uh, well, in Red Hour social capital. Red Hour back. That's true. Yeah. Was there. And the, that's right. And uh, and then I I just I I really try to keep my head down and just serve. Yeah. I remember serving Bob a lot of uh, Bloody Marys. That, that sounds that's right. All I, that's all. Yeah. I well, you know, you play tennis. You're exhausted. And then because we did this, I think this was like a Sunday two o'clock situation. So we also did right. bagels and you know, and so you mimosas. It was a lot of mimosas and a lot of Bloody Marys, but. You know, Bob would enjoy a Bloody Mary. He'd first, he'd, he'd finish tennis. He'd have a screwdriver on the court. Wow. And then he would drive, you know, then he'd just go to the clubhouse. Then he would drive, Ron. First Bloody Mary. Then he'd come home. I'd make him a Bloody Mary. 
Sure. The first one was really just tomato juice and and vodka. The second one was spicy. I mean, you don't want to you know you don't want to shock the stomach that quickly, right? And then he'd probably have a piece of toast. Yeah, yeah. and then I and then I make him a gin and tonic. I but remember that was I, a Sunday. Yeah, I feel like yeah. what I remember mostly is everyone drank <laughs> a lot for like three hours, and then everyone just got in their cars and drove home. Like there was oh, no. I, 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 Yes. Yeah. Well, everyone always says Jewish people don't drink, but that's not true in Boston. That's only true in other places. Sure. Did you find Bob funny at all or did have much of a personality? Do you remember? He mostly was just, he, the the only thing he said to me the entire afternoon was another. That's uh, that's another, another, another. Yeah. He was an intimidating presence. He really was. Well, he was all talked out. I mean, he had to do the talking, you know, he was trying to fundraise for Bonnie. So he had to talk to, you know, he just sort of, he was the kind of guy that would just put his glass on the counter and probably not say much. Well, that's not very nice. Okay. Should we get to our show, please? Yes. We're not here to talk about okay, Bob. Mike, We're here we to do advice. We got a bunch of listener questions that we need your help on. Great. So we're going to read them, and then we'll all just give sort of uh, our advice on on how we think this person should handle yeah, it. Yeah, just give you honest take. You got it. Brian, you, you should start for sure. Oh, okay. All right. Here we go. Question number one. Dear Rana. Brian, an exclusive guest. Mm. That's you, Mike. Thanks. You may remember me as the guy who rated five stars and commented on you both as a recipe. Take one cup Rana Glickman, one cup Brian Safi, mix lightly. Flavors will complement but still stand on their own. Add half a cup of wit, half a cup of insightful advice, a dash of high-end delights, and a pinch of a secret ingredient every week, and you get one of the best internet desserts you've ever had. Yum. Mike, if you want their resume for a writing job, I really think that we could pass it along to you. <laughs> if you ever do like a cooking show mystery or, you know, something like that. Something like okay. that, sure, yeah. Here's the sitch. A cooking show mystery. You remember that novelist who writes mystery books but also puts recipes in the book? No, it sounds like Nora Ephron, but I'm interested. Oh, it's not Nora Ephron. No. <laughs> it's someone well, Hartburn has all the recipes. Hartburn yeah. does, but this is like, no, this is someone who always gets killed while they're cooking. And oh, it's I like see. A, a series. Anyway. You should adapt them, Mike, is my suggestion. Right. Okay. Add it to the list. In a 10-year relationship (laughs) uh, with a boyfriend, we had two dogs. A neighbor couldn't stand it anymore and told me I was being cheated on every time with different people when I went out of town. I travel a lot for work. We broke up, obviously, and I kept the dogs. Sorry, Brian, I could never share with that asshole. And side note, he got another puppy exactly the same as our purebred. I had to keep working, so I enlisted the help of a close friend to stay in my home and take care of my dogs. They were paid, uh, they meaning the friend and their boyfriend. I came home from a month-long trip to find, in all caps, all the wine I'd brought back from around the world had been drunk. Mm. 18 bottles. Italy, Sweden, South Africa, Greece, Spain, Australia, New Zealand, gone. I'd collected these bottles for over 10 years. They said the wine was there and thought they could drink it. I don't drink. The friend knows this. But I collected these bottles as souvenirs. They looked great on the display I created, similar to the style of the bar at the Belmont El Encanto Hotel. Rana once mentioned this place, and I knew I had to go. It did not disappoint. Thank you very much for that. Now, here's the thing. I explained this frustrating frustrating situation to my mother, sister, and brother, and friends who all drink. They said if the wine was there, it's okay for guests to drink it. I'm absolutely gobsmacked at these responses, but it seems this is not uncommon. 
Am I insane? Is this not the height of disrespect to my property and curation for these wine souvenirs? I eagerly await your reply. Amon. Not his real name, but he didn't want to use the name Jordan. (laughs) So is Jordan his name? (laughs) No, but Amon Jordan. Yeah. Oh, I see. It's the capital. Yes. Yes. Okay, gotcha. Wow, that really took some turns. I don't. I'm not sure why we needed the backstory. We had a lot of backstory. <laughs> oh, if you don't like backstory, you're on the wrong podcast. <laughs> there was a lot that had nothing to do with the neighbors or the friends drinking the wine. I yeah. guests like to think that I listeners rather like to think that they're in dialogue with us, so they always sort of wind up as listen to this story, mm. and then at the end, the question is always, should I tell her? <laughs> But it's 14 <laughs> paragraphs about this detail and that detail and why you need it all. But in any event, what do you think? Well, I got to say, um, I uh, sympathize. I think this is uncool. I, I, if, I, if, there were, if there was no discussion yeah. about what the rules of the house were, and I were the guest and, it, and I saw a bottle of wine, I'm, I think I would at least reach out, right? We live in a very connected world. You can text or email and say like, hey, is it cool if I drink this bottle of wine? I, and I don't think I would drink one, one bottle before doing that, much less 18. I do think yeah. this is, this is <laughs> like that, that seems very crazy to me to just sort of like assume that you can drink all of the wine in the house. That, that's bananas. I, I think that this is a, a tremendous difference respect and i i think uh i'm i'm with amon i i don't i would not have done this if i were a guest in amon's house brian how, do we know the time period here i mean how long does it how long it was, was four it days going? it was four days they four drank 18 days. bottles of wall in, in four days is that right no That's, i'm kidding I oh <laughs> I, think they I mean i believe it it was probably too. over a week i also think they they might have taken a few with them I mean, 18 bottles. 18 empty bottles. That's a lot of, oh, 18 empty bottles. That's a lot of wine. I think they were still there. I don't, I I actually, Mike, I completely agree with you. I think that's outrageous. And I do think that, listen, there's a difference between a couple of cans of beer in the fridge and 18 bottles of wine. It was also a display. Exactly. He had some sort of a a situation where, if you're inviting someone to stay for a week, they probably will go in your fridge and you should just have the expectation that they might snack around or something. Who cares? Or pop off a bottle of beer from a six pack, whatever. But 18 bottles of 18 bottles of wine is so crazy. And that exactly that they were displayed. Do you still think he can display them or do you think it's done? No, that's done. Empty bottles of wine are, aren't display items. They're garbage. They're you, put those, you put those in the garbage. <laughs> and it looks but, like you got a problem. If you I'll, say, I'll say this too. Like if, if, what if about you, making candles and opening a cafe? Oh, uh, there you go. There's, that's the answer. But I, th- I think <laughs> a if, cat you, cafe. if you went into someone's like wine fridge or, or whatever and you saw like 24 identical bottles of, like, of, of $10 wine or whatever, you'd go like, oh, they just bought a case of this wine i'm sure it's cool if i buy if i drink yeah. some of this and if i do whatever i'll just go to the and, and they're upset i'll go to the grocery store and buy them another case of wine but 18 individual bottles of wine indicates a collection it doesn't yes. indicate this is for consumption so that's a huge mistake well this happened to me once that someone came into my house who shall remain nameless my nephew and i said of course, when somebody stays in my house, I stock the fridge for them and I pay, and I pay them depending on how long I'm going to be gone or whatever the arrangement is. 
but you really shouldn't have to tell somebody not to reach to the top shelf of your wine cabinet where clearly something is being kept for use at a later date. Mm-hmm. And this was about a $280 bottle of wine that someone had actually given to me and that I was waiting to drink. I mean, in the end, the truth is I didn't really like the person who gave me the wine. And I sort of, from a comic perspective, wasn't sorry that I didn't drink what was probably poison to begin with. <laughs> it was for my brother-in-law. But I was so actually depressed for three days afterwards. And I know that sounds so silly, but when you're keeping Violating. something, you're keeping something special that you want to enjoy at some point, it feels like a real violation for somebody to, to have just gone, rummaged through your things and decided to take it without asking permission. Yeah. It's, it's a bad a, it's, feeling. It's a violation. It's a, the word, the yeah. correct word is violation. Yeah. And I, I don't know. Yeah. I, I don't think Amon was looking for a specific remedy yet. No, um, he just wanted it, to be heard and understood. Yeah. Because I, I don't even know. Did, did, I, I guess, yeah, your options are either you say something to them, which is fine and really even shouldn't be awkward, or you just, you know. She's a, and this person's a good friend. Yeah. Well, not anymore. I mean, I don't think they'll be hired again. Let's no. put it that way to do I the house so. sitting. But Aman, I will say you're not crazy to want to mourn this a little bit, but mm-hmm. you got to move on. That's the other thing. It is sad. It's a collection of memories. On the other hand, all that gorgeous wine, he was never going to drink it. It was probably all fake. <laughs> yeah. That's how they do. Okay. Dear Rana Ann Bryan, as though my name is Rana Ann. <laughs> It says Rana Ann. Rana A-N-N. Brian. <laughs> Rana Ann. Everyone knows my name is Rana Marlene, and I hate my middle name more I than anyone could possibly, could possibly uh, understand. Okay. I think this might be a twofold question, and I'm sorry. I've been living with a roommate for four years now. We get along great for the most part and do almost everything together. Vacations, family dinners, holidays, you name it. Most people assumed we were lesbians, but I see her as the sister I never had. I think that's very interesting already because it sort of implies that maybe she's gay for me, but I'm not gay for her, but people can think what they want to think. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, I know I'm not gay, but she might be a little gay because I'm I'm a little bit of a catch. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Recently, however... I've started dating her brother. She is not, in all caps, handling it well. Well, here we go. The day she found out, she got really drunk and went to his house and cried over how she feels left out and thinks we are dating just because it's, quote, convenient. Yes, he lives down the street. And that, <laughs> and that he has ruined everything that me and her had going. She also told him that I am bipolar parentheses, a medicated in therapy and probably in a manic phase. Things have since have been, uh, things have since been awkward. And she told me she is moving out to go back to school to get another degree, another parenthetical, an English in all caps degrees. She's 32. Yes, I'm judging. <laughs> I don't even know how it happened, but we have see, we have seen each other for maybe three months now. Been seeing. Excuse me. Uh, and yes, during quarantine. I don't even know how it happened. I don't even know how it happened. <laughs> okay. He lives down the street and there's a pandemic, but I don't even know how it happened. <laughs> yeah. And I have no agency over my body or my decisions. Exactly. Yeah. I woke up like this. Yeah. I keep waking up in his bed and it's Groundhog Aww. Day every day. Yeah. But my roommate and I watch his 12 year 
but my roommate and I watch his 12 year old son. So we are already in frequent contact, no matter what. Also, we live in a pretty small town with no cases. Please don't yell at me, but I also get it if you do. Okay. (laughs) Am I a terrible friend or just an all around awful human? I love when people do that. They catastrophize so that you can say you're not an awful human. Right. You just, now you're fine. You Well, maybe you are. We're going to get to it. Right. Am I a terrible friend or just an all around awful human? Did I ruin everything? How can I make things okay between my housemate and I? Her and I haven't really sat down and talked about anything yet. She only had the conversation with him. Pat two. <laughs> He's 37 and I'm 27. Oh boy. He's the first guy I've gone on more than three dates with in the past six years. What are these dates? Where do they go from the kitchen to the living room? <laughs> <laughs> they walked down the block. They took the empty wine bottles from the other guy's trash. They made candles out of them. And they're having rat tattooing in the backyard. Or lady they in the drive tramp. from one house to the other every yeah, day. They're having lady in the tramp in the backyard. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I almost walked out. Oh, okay. Uh, with sit past six years. I'm a raging liberal. And he's a gun-obsessed Republican. I almost walked out (laughs) again from the living room to the kitchen (laughs) when I found a Rush Limbaugh book at his house. I disagree with most of his opinions, but he makes me laugh a lot, and my family likes it. And it's worth losing a friend, so... (laughs) (laughs) The sex is the best I've ever had, and I look forward to going out on actual dates with him again when this crisis is over. Can two people with such different viewpoints on everything even work out? Am I only dating him for convenience and attention during quarantine? I really value both of your opinions and appreciate you taking the time to dissect this shit show. XXM. By the way, she said at the end, is it worth dating someone with completely different viewpoints as if that were romantic? She doesn't care about that. She was like the last sentence in her email. I don't know. Mike, what do you think? Well, there's, this is, it's not just a two part. It's like a 40 part question. (laughs) It's the first 10 minutes of up. (laughs) We're all going to be in tears and wanting it all to be over after 10 minutes. And then we're going to have to watch, and then we're going to have to live through the thousand tiny cuts of it after all of that. Oh, I can't believe you. Uh, Now I'm, I got so heartbroken when you brought up, up. I'm sorry. I know it's just such, it's so good, but it's so heartbreaking. It is really yeah, heartbreaking. Yeah. So this, this feels like, let, let's do with part one first. Okay. okay? Yeah. So, so part one, if I have it correct, is she has this very close friend who maybe is a little gay for her. Yeah. And, uh, and she starts dating her friend's brother who lives yeah. down the street. So let's yeah. just, let's just deal with that first and then we'll shift into politics. Okay. But even if she's not gay for her, I think we should acknowledge that they're in an intimate relationship. It's very, it's a very yes. tight relationship. Yeah. To so, be fair to both parties, they have been doing everything together, and the and it is romance or no romance. It's, it is a loss and a bit and a bit of a betrayal for the sister. A hundred percent. So yeah. th- this is the problem, right? The problem is like most things in life, um, this person just just bailed on a tough conversation. That's what happened, right? She she developed some romantic feelings for her very close friend's brother, yeah. and thought maybe, and there was some, there was a moment in there somewhere where it was like, oh boy, this might happen, and I know this is going to be a thing for my very close friend who I've spent so much time with, 
And instead of confronting it and saying, hey, I think I might want to hook up with your brother or go out with your brother or something, she just bailed. And, and that always, you, that it's understandable because it's so hard to imagine sitting down and having that kind of grown-up adult yeah. conversation with someone. But when you don't, you just always get into these situations where this thing happens and then your friend finds out and they feel betrayed. And it's a whole, like she said, it's a shit show, right? So that, to me, like the mistake was made a long time ago. The mistake was made at the moment, at that fork, that fork in the road, yeah. where the adult mature thing to do was to go to your friend who you love and care about and have spent so much time with and say like, look, this is awkward, but what do you, how do you feel about this? Because you're pretty sure that your friend is going to go like, this makes me feel weird and you don't want to hurt your friend. But the end result is always you end up hurting your friend more. Absolutely. Yes. You know, that, that's, that is the original sin. Yes. The original sin was just, you dodged, you took the easy way out and you dodged a tough conversation. And as a result, you cause more harm ultimately to your friend than you would have if you had had that tough conversation. It's like being married for years and then just walking out the door without an explanation. It's re- really, she broke her friend's heart and really did wrong by her, I think. Brian, yeah. are you falling deeply in love with Mike right now? <laughs> of course. Through this explanation. Yeah, I but mean, I that, wanna... that is such a mature and insightful and accurate thing to say. You know what I think about- And such oh, a common problem- in every yeah, relationship. That's, that's yeah. the thing, right? Is th- There are hundreds and hundreds of movies and TV shows where characters start doing this exact thing. And you, as a viewer, I hate them because I'm just, you live with that pit in your stomach knowing that at some point, the other person is the third party is going to find out and they're going to be so wounded and they're going to feel so betrayed. And so even if it's done with good intentions or with, with um, out of a sense of like... Um, you know, or whether it's like you just are so deeply in love with this person and you can't take it and you just are magnetically drawn to each other. I, as a viewer, yes. I'm always like, oh no, we're close to that moment where the other person finds out. And also, yes. I don't know how magnetically, I think what, what she is, mag. I think what she's drawn to is the fact that this was risky to begin with. I think she thought that was romantic in her head or that, or that, oh my God, we have the secret thing and my best friend doesn't know about it. And also he has completely different viewpoints than I do. And also he has a gun. Oh, this is so wacky. What is my life? And it was all pretty selfish because I think it all was sort of a yes. fantasy for her. Yeah. I think you can also reduce it. I think you can reduce <clears throat> most of people's behavior to what I want what I could do and what I should do and what I, what I want. I just want it. You know what else Can't is I just key- have it because I want it? Yeah. And the a- answer is you can do anything you want to do. But if you want to keep people in your life that you care about, that have invested in you or that you have invested in, if that's important to you, then you can't just take everything you want without addressing it. And you know what the key to this whole thing is for part one? The, the the most important fact in detail, 27. That's the most important part of it. Saturn, retur- Saturn returns. Don't get me when, started on that. When you're 27, yeah. whether or not it's astrologically influenced, yeah. you do a lot of stupid shit like this. Yeah. Like that is the that is the absolute essence of being 27 years old. It is, is the year of terrible decisions. You're at the end of the period of time where you feel like a kid. Yeah. Right. And you're you're like you still feel like a kid. You still feel like your consequences, your actions have no consequences. You still feel like nothing you do really matters that the, whatever wound is, is uh, caused will, will heal without any repercussions. 
and a, between 27 and 30, yeah. you start to realize that, um, that you're you not going to live forever. Exactly. And you can't <laughs> do stuff like that anymore because the wounds are real and the scar tissue is, is eternal. So to me, the, the absolute most important detail is she's 27. And by the way, it's also important that the guy is 37 yeah. because when you're a with guy- a twel- With a 12-year-old. With a 12-year-old just chasing youth, man. Just let's, let's, get, let's infuse, let's get an injection of youth into my 37-year-old body so I still feel young. Yeah, wow. or I'll inject myself into the youth in this case. <laughs> but, and also, what about what he's doing to his sister? Yeah, oh, you yeah. Know, well, that's knows, a whole other thing. Oh, he, he yeah. couldn't give a shit. He, he we, could get, we could get this question from any of these directions. We could get the heartbroken roommate. Oh, the Rashomon. We, yeah, we could. This is, I mean, absolutely everybody has a case to make here. By the way, but, not cool that she, I mean, her brother probably knows that she's bipolar. The sister, but not cool that she goes to the brother after she fucks over her friend and immediately starts talking shit. A, B, I don't mean to sound like a total downer. Even if you become friends with your friend again, it will never be the same. You've ruined no. it. Yes, yeah. that that friendship, the friendship with her. By the way, this isn't her friend. This is her roommate. She lives with this Pardon girl. Me, her roommate, right? But this, whatever that honeymoon period was, where you two would essentially dating but not sleeping together yeah. where you were going to every family It'll event never together but like but but all that's over yeah. and you can yeah. spend the next 20 years if you want having those conversations with everyone in your life where you say oh, but i used to be so close to karen and, and and you know remember when we we were best for you know you can spend the next 20 years litigating that relationship but i think mike is right the original sin was you saw something you wanted you decided to take it instead of saying, can I talk to you about something? But yeah. I think also Brian's point is magnificent, which is she was never going to have that conversation because she wanted the thrill of this guy who seemingly is her polar opposite is coming after her and can't resist her in her liberal, you know, honey trap. Well, so that, so that, that sends us into part two of the question, yeah. which is like, is it Because possible? if she said to her, or the other one, I think I'm having signed to develop feelings for your brother, all of the magic of, oops, we had sex with his gun on the counter <laughs> goes away. Well, his, well, his 12 year old was playing Minecraft or whatever. Yeah. It's, le- it's less thrilling, yeah, right? Having, having the conversation takes 40% of the secretive self-destructive thrill out of what you're doing. Because as soon as you say it out loud, you also know it's, well, well, you just know what's wrong. Somebody asks you two questions and they say, oh, so I guess I'm confused. I know you're a big Hillary. Do you wear your Hillary t-shirt to bed? You know, (laughs) and then you sort of like, well, I guess this isn't going to (laughs) work. You know, (laughs) that, that, so part two, let's get into part two. Like is can a 27 year old, Progressive liberal date a thirty-seven-year-old uh, MAGA hat-wearing, gun-toting uh, conservative who reads Rush Limbaugh. Of course, the answer is yes. Of course, you can. Like, uh, th- it's not impossible. Those relationships exist. Kellyanne Conway and George Conway are married sure. somehow. It's I need to know totally so much po- more about that. I do does too. Anyone? Boy. Does anyone know anything about how that works? I, I imagine honestly, no one wants to picture it. Yeah, but there's it, one way that ways- works, and it works well. You think it's just that they have this back? You I think, think that's it's got. I think they go. I think they get home, have a few drinks, punch each other out, and then have sex like crazy all night. And I think they love it. And then as soon as that stops, they'll get divorced. Yeah, but I don't think it's ever going to stop. Yeah, 
Why do you think she always looks so nuts? She's just been <laughs> in the sack. She's just been in a brawl and in the sack. With him. <laughs> it's like Brad Pitt and, and uh, Helena Bonham Carter in Fight Club. It's just like this crazy, <laughs> voracious, voracious. They, they, uh, they come home every night with different personalities, different names, different. That, right? They're just constantly. It's that praying mantis eating that murder hornet's face. <laughs> <laughs> well, it just has. Did you see that? It's the no, praying man. So great. the praying mantis's arms are long enough to hold the murder hornet at bay. That's true. And strong enough. Yeah. So there is a video of a praying mantis holding a murder hornet just a half an inch away from its face, and then taking its neck, and then just coming down. And and the way that it chooses to eat this creature. And the murder hornet stinger is sticking up, trying vigorously to to murder this uh, praying mantis. And the praying mantis is like eating a tuna sandwich in a diner on a Tuesday after a doctor's appointment when they know they don't have to be home for three hours. Just sitting there That's staring. That's the kind of video they watch right before they really go to out the window at Tom's diner, having a bite of this tuna sandwich, thinking about that maybe i'll read a new yorker article maybe i'll like yes i'll have another you know what just top off the coffee but i don't want a full cup <laughs> i mean that the praying man is, is the calmest and it eats it from the eyes first yeah so and, and for some reason there's I mean, no I'm blood happy about that. insects have no blood or whatever they just right. have insides but one eye then another eye i mean and the and the murder hornet is just it's amazing yeah. And you and just to be clear, you're saying that's yeah. how Kelly and Conway and George Conway have said <laughs> to each other. Definitely. Definitely. If they're lucky. So uh, your answer is yeah, you can continue this relationship. But well, yeah, okay. Dot, so dot, dot, my, dot. what I was gonna say, the dot 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 is like, of of course it's possible uh that this is real and that it works out and all that sort of stuff. I don't necessarily think that that's really the question that you're asking because it seems like a huge part of the attraction here was how wrong it is, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, this is, it's yeah. so wrong. It's it's wrong because it's your roommate's brother and it's wrong because he doesn't share your political worldview and that there's something about, and again, this is peak 27, man. He this is, is the exactly situation. what 27 is all yeah. about. You're 27. Stop, take a breath, go take some kind of a quarantine walk by yourself without the 12-year-old and the friend and the him and the this and the that. And you can put this, you can put this away and you can do this when you feel like doing it, but you need to have a conversation with yourself and say, what kind of person do I want to be? Because this adrenaline's about to run out on this relationship. That is what 27 is about. Who do I really want to be? I live in this small town. My guess, by the way, I hate to say this about the liberal and she can tell me I'm wrong, but part of her identity and her liberal politics and all of that is a reaction against her family and against where she lives. She lives in this small town and her family thinks he's terrific because he has all these conservative ideals and she's different than all of these people. You know, the way we were. She's, she's been doing, I'm different, I'm different, I'm different for 27 years. And now she's sort of deciding whether she really cares. I mean, some people are only into politics because it gives them something, a way to play out their power dynamics in their life. And there are some people that really care. And I'm not sure she cares that much. I think she has to decide if she cares about what she wants this world to be like and what she wants her life to be like and how she wants to treat people in her life and what kind of what level of self-respect she's interested in or whether she's just going to react to what people give her all the time. And also, it really has nothing to do with the fact that someone wants to get uh, an English major. 
There really is nothing to do with it. Oh, another degree. Yeah, that, <laughs> was, a weird, that was a weird detail. That doesn't, well, I think you were trying to win, to win us over by calling her crazy. No, she's not. We're just saying she's not perfect, you know. She's a light Korea student. That's exactly. what she was saying. Sounds great. Oh, all right. <laughs> Dear Rana and Brian and Mike, first, I love everything about you, your wit, your charm, your incisive advice. Did I say that right? Yeah. You are absolute treasures. Now to my problem. I've been with my partner for eight years. We have a strong relationship that is enviable amongst our friends. He's supportive and kind and brings out the best in me in more ways than I can count. He cooks gourmet meals nearly every night. He brings me coffee in bed nearly every morning. I'm treated like a queen and not a day goes by that I lose sight of how very lucky I am. Side note. I came from an abusive household and never had good relationship models in my life. So to be loved and supported in true partnership is something that I have never thought I'd have. And I really try hard not to take it for granted, which is why I feel like a crazy person for having this issue. Every time we sit down for a meal that he has lovingly cooked, I feel like I want to gouge my eardrums with a Q-tip. You see, I have misophonia, and I cannot, I cannot stand the way my partner eats. He slurps his food and chews with his mouth slightly open. I seriously do not understand how someone can chew so loudly and so aggressively. It's like he's cosplaying some old Clint Eastwood cowboy flick or something. As I'm writing this, he's sitting 20 feet away, eating a plate of eggs, and the chewing sounds, slurps, mouth smacks. For eggs, I really don't understand it. And God forbid he eat a bowl of cereal or chips. I literally have to leave the room. I didn't say anything for the first seven years of our relationship. <laughs> because, well, the good far outweighs this particular, this particular mismatch. And I didn't want to come off as nagging or difficult. It's not like he's, his chewing is abnormal. So why should I make him feel self-conscious about something that really is my problem? But when my misophonia is really bad... I do find myself going into a panic wormhole thinking, how am I going to put up with this for 35 years? Once the dinner is over, it's back to normal. A few months ago, I finally decided to speak up. He took it in stride, but he still chews the same way. So I don't know what to do in this case. Should I just continue to harbor these feelings in silence every mealtime? Is it reasonable to ask him to learn how to chew more quietly? Please help. Signed, Misophoniac. P.S. This one is for Brian. Brian, I made the mistake of giving my partner a really good blowjob when we first started dating. <laughs> <laughs> Who knew BJs were so hard to come by? Since then, we've never really had sex without him asking for one. That shit is hard work, and sometimes I just want lazy sex. Is it too late to pull back on the BJs? How would you broach that combo? Anyway, hugs and kisses, and thank you for your, for your service. You are a breath of fresh air in these dark, dark times. Please don't use my name. Fair enough. How insulting that Mike and I shouldn't have an opinion <laughs> on the on the second part. Yeah. I, and I, I think it's let's gay bashing, Brian. I do. I think it's, it's gay bashing that that, that 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 that's de- dedicated only to you, that question. I'm telling you, as a leader in my community, <laughs> I think it is absolute people think that microaggressions don't add up into one big insult. And let me tell you, this world is moving backwards at a fast rate, specifically for my brothers and sisters. That's first of all. And I won't put up with homophobia from a married woman. But also, yeah. Um signed God. signed Mike's wife. He's allowed to chew with it demands blowjobs all the time. I mean, that's that is my rep. That's my rep on the street. (laughs) 
<laughs> Putting those qualities together all in one sentence is oh, awful. Oh, sure. Mike, sure, I heard he's a loud chewer. Yeah, he eats eggs yeah. while I blow him. <laughs> so what do you th- – I don't know how you solve the misophonia problem. Mike, oh, I think what do you this, think? I think this is easy. Oh, okay. I think this is like – I think that of all of the questions, this is the easiest one. This person has a partner who is an incredibly caring and thoughtful and sensitive person who is very other directed and attuned to the happiness and the, and the needs and desires of his partner. The idea of suffering anything in silence with this person is, is bananas to me. This is a, this is a, this is not a person who is full of rage and ire and, uh, and is selfish and, and um, it hates to, hates to, you know, engage in relationships. This is a, this is a layup. This is a thing where you sit down and you say, listen, I, I don't know if this person has done this already, but you say, I have this disorder. It's real. It's a medical disorder. It's called misophonia. And it's not your fault that this is the case. Obviously, this is something that is in my brain and my, uh, my chemical constitution, but it has this effect. And this, which is that certain sounds just make me really upset or crazy. And it just so happens that the way you eat when we have these wonderful meals together that you cooked for me, it just so happens that that is a trigger for this condition. Like, uh, and this is not, you're, you're not making this up. This is a real thing that affects you. And this person seems so lovely and caring that I can't imagine that conversation will go badly. I, I feel like this, this, her partner or his partner, I don't, I don't know whether it's a man or a woman, but that uh, will, would say like, Oh my goodness, I'm so sorry. I, I let, what can I do? How can I help? Like I, I, the personality profile of this person's partner suggests 100% that a that a, a, a sincere and heartfelt and apologetic description of misophonia would be met with nothing but caring and attention. I, I don't know why you wouldn't bring this up. Um, it's, it's a real thing that's a negatively affecting you. So bring it up and talk about it. And I'm, I'm would, I would, I'd bet dollars to donuts that the, that this person's partner would go. I'm going to start learning how to chew differently post haste. Well, I think that's I think that's a very nice idea, and pro and and you should give it a shot. But they do say that they've talked to the person. Now, I don't know if they talk to them like that because what I think is key is putting it on yourself. Of like, I have this problem. It's absurd. I know it must sound crazy, but. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I wonder if they put them on themselves. Like I that. think there's a second part to this. I completely agree with what Mike said. I think you should do that. I think you should try it, and I think we should see what happens. Hundred percent. But it, just as you said it, I would be very curious. I'm not a doctor, of course. I would be very curious how misophonia works. I was going to ask, what is, is the true some sort of a of link? If there is, well, I have a bit of misophonia. I mean, I don't want to hear anybody eat and I don't want to, but, but as with all things, like when people have tinnitus or something like that, you have to find a way in life to, it never could be perfect, but to tune things out because the problem is that the sense becomes either triggered or heightened for some reason. And so there is some work to do yourself on trying to figure out how, when people have sensory disorders, trying to figure out how to tamp down that noise a little bit, even if it can never be perfect. And I am just a little curious, and again, I'm not a doctor, 
But I'm a little bit, as I said to Brian. You were married to a doctor. On, I was married to a doctor. But as I said to Brian before Mike came on, uh, I have, well, I'm wearing an eye palette called Mystic Eyes. And I do tend to be a little clairvoyant on occasion. Sure. Uh, I wonder if part of this is triggered during mealtime by the fact that you say you come from a disordered family to begin with. This guy makes you these beautiful meals. He takes care of you. He's incredibly thoughtful. He's everything that you wanted that you didn't have, but that also you're not, not entirely trained to understand. You don't come from that family of origin. And I wonder if there is a deep, 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 deep resentment or inadequacy that is triggered by his... Uh, nurturing that brings up this misophonia and that forces you into a position where you then disassociate from what's happening in that moment. And so what I mean is you almost can't take in a handle what he's giving to you. And so that is the way that your body deals with it is you shut off and you become repulsed by what he's doing. That's your safety valve. And I have no idea if that's even how this works. That would be something to discuss with your therapist. But there's something, it doesn't bother you when the garbage truck comes down the street. It doesn't bother you I when- I dated a guy once. You know. The way he would gargle Listerine, I truly made me want to Well, some things are, di- some things are disgusting. Yeah. But she says that he's eating like a normal person. I mean, if he has bad table manners, that's, he's got bad table manners. Well, maybe- Maybe. Well, first of all, I think that she could do like a Pav- Pavlov, Pavlovian yeah. thing yeah. where every time she hears him chew, she like pretends to faint or something or throws herself across the room and is like, I, I don't know what it is, but then realizes, oh, the reason I'm being violent toward myself is because of these sounds you're making. I don't, it just is an association. Isn't that so weird? And, and just avoid say, the conversation with him altogether. You could just say the, the conversation could be new and you could be like, it actually isn't misophonia. It's... um. It's a it's a sort of like a self-hurting thing that I do whenever I hear you eat. When and you eat, I throw myself into a wall. Ex- exactly. And it's something <laughs> that can't be helped except, I mean, what are, and just throw your hands in the air and roll your eyes like you're on <laughs> like, stage. I love you and you're wonderful, but in order for us to stay together, you have to stop eating entirely. Yeah, and just say, I am black and blue all over from hearing you eat. And it's, it's my body's response. Did you, you know, did you ever see it? And and then go on Dr. Phil and explain your situation. So he believes it more. And then I think he'd get the point or you could wear earplugs. I know that's crazy, but you could. No, that was going to be my pitch. My pitch was there might be a, there might be a $200 solution to this, which is you get AirPods. I think they're like 200 bucks and they're noise canceling. And, but you can still hear when you wear them, you can still hear people talking and it might just tamp down the yeah. chewing sounds to the point where they're tolerable. And then you can still sort of have a conversation. And yeah. I would mean, use the- that same piece of advice for the blowjobs. Put on a podcast. <laughs> oh yes, pod two. Let's get to pod two. <laughs> put on a podcast or put on, you know, something soothing, yoga sounds. That get- would be amazing. Yeah. That, I mean- <laughs> That that is a that is an incredible. These are very practical solutions. That but what re- but what really is the question for Pat too? Do I have to always give a blowjob no, every time? Isn't that, is that what she's asking? Yeah, but it, it, is it too late to pull back on the BJ's? No, this is this is the time. the time. Yes, my understanding is that you know this is when you start. You've been together for ten years. How yeah. long? 
It's certainly, I can't believe you made it this long. Congratulations. I can't believe you didn't stop after one year. They've been together for eight years. It seems like, like literally the most important thing you can do with your partner is openly communicate what your needs are in in the sexual realm, right? It's like, if you don't do that, you, it is a recipe for disaster. Like, yeah, you, or you can also say start chewing better or the blowjobs are totally open. There you go. But you got <laughs> to connect, do connect, do connect the two things. Yeah. Totally. And then maybe the next once time you're you in the bedroom about- and he says, why, how come, what's going on? How come no, how come no blowjob? You say, what, what was going on with the eggs say, this I morning? I don't know. I don't know. Slurpee. You tell yeah. me. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Though it's interesting that the sound of giving the blowjob doesn't bother them. No, well, those are her sounds. Also, I have to noise say- canceling headphones. That's it. or or That's actually communicate with the person you're in a relationship. <laughs> because what by the way, I think <laughs> if you act- or throw yourself into a wall, and I think if you uh, actually communicate, like the Invisible Man, wasn't that terrific? That movie. Like, yes. Oh, or horrible. say that you. You know what? Just always say that you see someone in the house every time you choose. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, I All think right. once you um, openly communicate with your partner like that, I feel like you'll stop adding things to the pile of things you don't want to do with this person. Because once you talk yeah. to them, you'll see it's easy. Yeah. Okay. But I also think you need to explore if there's some link there. At least so do a little a little research into you're that. You're saying like the, there's there's a lot of levels here. One, the highest level is therapy. You're you're basically saying therapy. Therapy talk, for all. Talk about therapy. Yeah. Therapy for all. I'm with you. Yeah. And then there's a practical AirPod solution here. There's a communication solution. There's a lot of there's a lot We've of We've got avenues. an Amazon solution. We've got a bartering arrangement. Yeah. Where you say no BJ until you start learn how to swallow food whole without chewing it or go straight like a, to smoothies like only. Exactly. Yeah, start eating like a pelican. <laughs> yeah. Just, just, just one Like goal. a snake, you do one rat a month or whatever it is. <laughs> yeah, but you don't move. And the and then the other option, throw yourself into a wall and play Invisible right. Man. Right. Yeah. Or, of course, Getting say to warmer. your partner, I know we talked about this and you were very receptive, but it does feel like things have gone back to sort of this other thing. Yeah. And... I know this. I know this is me. I know it is. I'm telling you, it's me. I have this problem. Right. But if you could help me out, I can't tell you what it would mean to me. Yeah. Can we do the blind item? Do we have time for the blind item? Whatever that do is. Do you if have you, time for the blind do item? Do you have time? I got, for the, I got time, man. Okay. okay. I'm let's all do, in. Let's do the blind item. Grace. Brian, do you have time for the blind item? I do have time for the blind item. Okay. Let me find it here. All I right. could do this all day, by the way. If you have 12 more of these, I'm, I'm <laughs> Well, we've got this, that's and then we've nice. got a giveaway, Mike. So start thinking oh, that's now right. All about right. And we have a cliffhanger. You... I'm just going to eat some soup while, got... you, uh, uh, while you look for it. Please slurp do. some soup. Please do. Okay, hold on one second. <laughs> hold on one quick second. It is so funny. All right. Dear Rana, Brian, and esteemed guest. Mm. I hope this letter fans you well and that you're socially distancing and washing your hands. How dare they? I mean, what are we, monsters? I mean, well, there is a presumption of immature. And Mike did a spritz, just did a spritz, a sanitizer spritz. There you go. He did. Is that that actual hand sanitizer, Mike? Or was that just whatever you had around? Oh, serene tree. Excuse me. (laughs) I'm writing to seek advice on a rather delicate matter. I'm in the medical profession. Needless to say, my services have never been in greater demand, and I happen to be in a position of authority in my field. 
Despite my high rank, there is still one person directly above me, and herein lies the problem. My supervisor entrusted me with keeping our entire organization up to date with the latest information regarding the outbreak of COVID-19. I have been nothing but factual and forthcoming in all of my assessments. My supervisor is, to put it mildly, a bit oversensitive. Not only does he feel as though I'm overshadowing him with my expertise and wide exposure, but he also thinks my assessments, which admittedly have been bleak at times, are damaging his status and reputation. He tends to lash out at me passive aggressively on social media and more alarmingly, he will often hijack my time in meetings in order to advocate more unorthodox solutions to the crisis, which the makers of Clorox might appreciate, but I certainly do not. It's become clear that he wants me removed from my position, but it's also clear that I'm far more informed about the problem at hand than he is, which is why why he'd face a firestorm of criticism should he decide to follow through with my firing. How can I handle an oversensitive, some might say narcissistic, boss who feels threatened by me without jeopardizing my position in Korea? I don't fear being let go. In fact, People Magazine has indicated it's interested in awarding me the title of Sexiest Man Alive, which is ironic if you remember our little inside joke, Rana. But I'd really prefer to stay put and help as many people as I can during this time. Yours gratefully, The Doctor. Blind item. Blind item. Uh, Who could have sent this? Very blind. It's one of the blindest <laughs> items I've ever heard. <laughs> Rana, what's the inside joke? Well, you know, I used to. Call, okay, so I ran into this guy a few times in Manhattan. Who, if I, if it's who I think it is, sure. If it's who I think it is, and he's he's like a little pocket rocket. I mean, you've seen him. You know, he's seventy nine years old. Is he really? What? 79 years old. How old did if, you think? If, if it's who you think if it is. If it's who that's, I think it is. Keep it blind. We can't give this person away. We don't now. divulge people's identities. But no. if, if it's who we think it is, he's 79 years old. Mm. I mean, how old did you think he was? 74. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I think he's incredible. He's built he like does a little look wrestler. Great. He does look great. Yes. So I was at a cocktail party once and he's, I mean, this is just so him, of course, but. I was in a conversation, a little circle in a conversation, three or four people. And he kept, he's one of those people who's on the outside of the circle who keeps trying to butt in. So I was telling some kind of a hysterical story and he sort of kept peeking his head over. He's not very tall, peeking his head over and saying, oh, that's, uh, (laughs) I've been to that restaurant. Oh, Oh, that's, (laughs) and then what did he say? And I said, excuse me, Harry Houdini. Who's talking to you? And he, of course, couldn't get enough of that. So he said, well, I just wanted to tell you. It's none of my concern, but I just wanted to tell you. I noticed you had sort of a a dark spot over your lip and that you might want to get it checked out. You might want to make sure it's not a melanoma, which I think they used to call that. I think they used to call that negging. When you were hitting on someone. Oh, you think he was like a pickup artist? Uh, Absolutely. And I said, excuse me, Anthony, it's called a beauty, Mac. Whoa. Now, either refresh my drink or don't waste my time. And the thing about Anthony Fauci. And Bob said another. And (laughs) (laughs) the thing about Anthony Fauci is he's so busy that you don't really have to worry about it. I think his his beeper went off. 
at that sure. point anyway. So yeah. he, this this unnamed uh, yeah. gentleman, was, was, <laughs> he was trying. He was sort of trying to pull that thing where he was like, yeah. You might want to get that checked out. I have a lot of connections in the medical community. You know, I can, I'm a doctor. I can get you to the front of the, that kind of yeah. thing. You know, I'm a doctor. Yeah. You know, if you wanted to go see somebody in Mount Sinai tomorrow, I could probably get you in. I said, right. excuse me. Excuse me. My husband's a doctor. MGH, pardon me. Mass General Hospital. Sure. And if I had a melanoma over my lip, Anthony, I'm certain I would. I think it's chicken liver. But thank you for pointing it out. Sure. Very but sexy conversation. Yeah, but he doesn't stop yeah. though. Well, he's you know he's a little awkward, but he's very charming, very he winning. He has all those things. What's he supposed to do, Mike? I mean, this is a tough one, right? Because his he's position, been navigating this beautifully. I have to he, say, he has been. If it's the person that we assume if it is, it's who it has we think been. it is, yeah, uh, it could easily it, be George Conway. This is a weird ethical <laughs> dilemma for for people like him because he is his job. Yeah. Is, you help the most people he can possibly help, right? Yes. That's his, that's his mission. He's, you know, the, the Hippocratic oath of do no harm. This is, this is that times a billion because he's, he, he, in his position, he, he, he can help millions and millions of people avoid a terrible outcome. And yet he is constantly being sort of berated from all sides by people yeah. who either don't want him to succeed out of pure narcissism or are putting political pressure on him. So he's having, and other people like him are having to navigate this real choppy water here of like, how much personal integrity do I need to maintain in order to execute my, my function? It's, I don't envy them, uh, people in that position, because it's, it's, a, it's a very, very tricky needle to thread. I think he's threading it beautifully. And I think that it, in this case, even though it's not advice you would normally give, I think you need to say, you know, you have to suffer fools sometimes when you, when the, uh, it's a trade-off you have to make in order to, to find this greater good. And the greater good yes. is there are just, aren't that many people who are giving out real actual medical scientific information that that's, that's penetrating the, the white noise of the culture and of the political scene. So I hate to say it, but I think my advice would be like, just grit your teeth and try in the margins wherever you can to keep doing what you're doing. He is Atlas. Trump is Ayn Rand. And we're begging him not to shrug. <laughs> That's what's happening. I think, I mean, much more I, concise way of putting what I just put in. A you put it minutes. perfectly. <laughs> and I think truly, I mean, watching him, just watching what he does ever. First of all, you know, honestly, I don't know where he gets the energy for what's coming at him on a daily basis and also what he needs to deliver on a daily basis. And even in those Senate hearings, he, he is a fascinating altruism is a tricky word. Is there any such thing as true altruism? Because obviously it must serve something in us in order to behave that way. But he is on this incredible collision course. As This is a guy who has been in this job, I want to say, for 30 years. He's been offered every other job that you could have. He could go up and up and up. And he says, this is where I can do the most good. And this is where I want to stay. Which is why he is the person we are turning to in this moment. And he has done such an incredible job of every time somebody tries to either pull him into a scrape or twist his words... He always goes back to my job 
is the science and my job is to share the science. Yeah, he like lives above ego or something. He takes, he just is like, well, it's not about me. So let's keep going. Like it's really- an incredible study in, I don't know if you call it Zen, but certainly in, he obviously a very long time ago made peace with the idea of being egoless Mm -hmm. and that, and also having a prime directive and also having a, a sort of goal or an end game. And that is the only thing he thinks about all of the time. I truly believe that. I mean, I'm yeah. sure there are days where he wakes up and he says, do I feel like getting 10 more death threats? Of course not. Yeah. But in a way, I almost think he has found this sort of, I don't even know, samurai-like way of uh, everything flows right past him. And you know that the he thing just that stays we all directed. Do- well, we all do this thing on Twitter every day, or most of us do, or yeah. at least I'll speak for myself, I do, which is somebody says something incredibly stupid and harmful and that's a lie, and then we go, dur, 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 and we just fire back at them. And he has mastered the ability to resist that urge, which is such a powerful urge in an yeah. age of, of incredible misinformation and, and very uh, venal uh, and corrosive lying in our culture, it's so hard not to just say, you're lying, this is a lie, you're causing harm to people, but to float, like Brian said, like float above it somehow. Like he just floats above it and he lets it go because he knows that if he can get on the, uh, another TV show and that's seen by another million people another, or testify or do whatever, that like that he might be saving 40,000 lives or something. He's a, he's a true believer and the thing that he believes in is public health. And that's the kind of most yes. noble person you could possibly find. Yeah. And I thank uh, our lucky stars that we have no at least kidding. one of those people. Uh, it's in a a, it's of unbelievable that he's still around. I, I mean, know. he feels yeah. it, it, it at a time in the last couple of years where every institution has broken down. And even the very, and it's so sad to watch, but even the very idea of, civility in the Senate or dialogue or any, I mean, the idea of what it means to be a U.S. Senate, I mean, the House has always been crazy. So you're always going to get a wacko here and a wacko (laughs) there. But the Senate, at least, it seemed to be for more or less a sort of gentleman's club where people said, we're going to sit down and talk about it. We're going to figure out what you need, what I need, but really what's best. And we're going to find our way through this. And all of that is gone. Every institution has been chipped away at. And it's sort of this incredible thing that this, I mean, he feels like he was sent here in a time machine from the eighties or something that he's still a person who really believes in his mission. And I, I don't doubt that he thinks it's valuable that other people are fighting those fights, you know, this pundit or that journalist or who, or, or I have to say, Mike, your Twitter is beyond, I mean, I'm sure that you have your own internal dialogue about when you engage and when you don't engage. But I do think the punchback is important coming from certain places and that and, and positions of strength and articulate, you know, ness, et cetera. Is that a word, articulateness? Uh, but in any event, so I think he probably is happy to have those warriors doing the fighting that fight, but that is not his fight. That is not what he does. And it is kind of this incredibly graceful and beautiful thing to watch. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's inspiring. Yeah. Honestly. And when you say that he came here in a time machine from the 80s, he kind of did. I mean, oh, his, he was. Nothing's the, he better was, than his accent. 
Totally. It was so accents great. the best. But he's been he's in that a- office since the 80s. There's no question. Whatever yeah. office he's transmitting from, he's been in there since the 80s. It's also, yeah. isn't it interesting right now that like the, the three people that I listen to the most on TV, which are Trump, Cuomo and Fauci all have essentially the same exact bizarre. They're all it's all that queen, that queen dying accent. You don't see that a lot anymore. Yeah. I know it's incredible. Well, it's because most people spend like year, decades, and thousands of dollars to drum it out of their bodies. Yeah. No, it's so authentic. Yeah. Yeah. Chuck Schum is the they just love to add an R to any vowel. Ronner. (laughs) They love it. Ronner. That's exactly right. Okay, my last question is for Mike. I want to know when when is Senator Mike show? When does that happen? Are you ever going to get into I, politics? When do you ever get into when politics? Am I running for U.S. Senate? Do you ever think about getting into politics? I, I going not, the Al Franken route and just saying I've written enough jokes. Now I'm just going to go do this. If I did, I would want to probably divert that route at a certain moment, a key moment, to not do the full Al Franken route. Uh, <laughs> well, you don't, don't have see to it do, out to the end. Skip don't the, see it out to skip the, end, the yeah. USO tour. Is my advice uh, to you. <laughs> I, I announced um I announced like two years ago on Twitter that someday I was going to run for president. Here's my platform. You want to hear my platform? Yeah. Uh, it's really it's really brief. Number one, I'll never play golf because I don't like golf and okay. I don't know how to play. You you have my solemn guarantee I will never play golf not once. I really I appreciate that honestly. Thank you. Um, number two, uh, I won't be an asshole, and that's it. That's my platform. That's and I, platform. I honestly think I could win. If I ran on that platform, I'll, n- I'll literally never play golf. And I promise I will never be an asshole. Can I give you one tip when you run? Hit me. Don't use a word like venal because half the population won't understand it. <laughs> and I am part of that population. So <laughs> I'm telling you as a voter, I don't need anyone pretending they're smarter than I am. Okay. Gotcha. Copy Pret- that. Pretending. <laughs> you mean you don't need anybody displaying well yeah. proving yeah well more and don't bring up the, well don't bring up the habit bartending school when you're talking about being relating to the working class that i can't might be some even advice. say that i met barney frank at a fundraiser in 1995 you sure, of course you can you, you can. only be like only if you one, mention Bill. how gorgeous my living room is in the other in the second breath yeah Remember um, when Bill Clinton was a kid and he met JFK? That could be my like Bill Clinton JFK moment. The Bonnie sure Frank. Could. Yeah. No Barney question. Frank it sure could. Bonnie Frank. I miss Bonnie Frank. Oh God, he was great. He was a blast. Yeah, yeah, he was terrific. Um, okay, let's do our giveaway. Let's do it. So okay. every, every week we do a giveaway where we give to our, uh we give to the person that we just have a feeling for Brian wouldn't you say it's an instinct yes it's the per- it's whoever we we sort of go back through everyone who wrote in and we say you deserve a prize this week and we kind of all decide on who that should be but Rana before we do that do you want to say what the prize is sure and it's always just a little something that makes people feel you know they weren't going to buy it for themselves and it just gives them a little lift exactly some uh massachusetts saltwater tech Taffy, something like that. Delicious. Like a little box of saltwater taffy. I'm not a saltwater taffy lover, personally. Are you kidding me? I Absolutely not. Absolutely not. I'm more fu- I'm fudge. I'm not saltwater taffy. You there's live only, in Marblehead. There's only you live in Marblehead, ever Massachusetts. one flavor of saltwater taffy. I like the tangy one, but the rest of it I'm not interested in. And it that's gets stuck a, in your teeth. Uh, that's half the, the fun. Because you can keep tasting it. Okay. Saltwater <laughs> taffy, no. But in t- today's case, we're giving away a beautiful little box of Klaus Porto hand soaps. Now, Brian can speak to these personally because he also received one in the carriage house. I did. Should I, should I go is, get them and show you? They, If you have them sitting nearby. They're nearby. But they almost look like a little box of macaron. So it's mm. just colorful little soaps. 
And Klaus Porto is a Portuguese slash German soap maker that's about 130 years old. Wow. And it's just a pretty little thing. Everyone's washing their hands now. So you walk That's into, the thing, a very practical gift for these. Doesn't walk this into look the bathroom. Like, like it would be a chocolate of some sort or a gorgeous really, macaron or something. And I actually, would no question eat those. Completely. Me too. And then they <laughs> come in you, this beautiful white box. And then look how they're packaged. Yeah. I mean, you would eat the, these. Those it's, are rainbow cookies. I will exactly. eat all of them. And I can't tell you how delicious. Of soaps. They're gorgeous. They're gorgeous. Uh, so there it is. So, okay, Brian, who are our options today? There's no nutrition facts on this, Rana. It's all just the different scents. <laughs> okay, so this <laughs> and is- And be- it's based on some sort of original Art Deco design, apparently. It's like a reissue mm. of oh, those cool. soaps. Yeah. Okay, so- They came from Liberty of London. Are these going to, yeah. these gorgeous soaps going to the 27-year-old who's dating the 37-year-old and fucked over her friend? Are they going to the person who was- violated of 18 bottles of wine. Yeah. Are they going to uh, the um, misophonia BJ? Mm-hmm. Those, it's those three, right? Because we don't I have Fauci's that, address. No. Well, we could just send it to the National Institute of Health, but he probably has enough soap. Exactly. Yeah. He washes his hands 50 times a day, he said. So I think he's, he's oh, probably so he's, covered he's soap-wise. Yeah. He's good. Okay. So yeah. What, what do you what do you think? 27-year-old, 37-year-old. Um misophonia or uh, 18 bottles of wine? I think nothing would take the edge off of the heartbreak of losing one's uh, wine collection more than a delightful box of colorful soaps. They are and beautiful. I, I feel it. And it, it, won't, it won't make up for it but, uh, entirely, but it might, it might take the sting out of it. it might, uh, you might be able to stare at those soaps on your uh, sink and, and get a little bit of the same kind of happiness you used to get when you stared at your beautiful wine collection. So I would vote for that uh, person. I I'm with Mike on that. I think that's I the, completely agree. I think that's lovely. Something beautiful to look at in your home. Why not? Now, mm-hmm. now Mike, th- we do one more thing yet and you can stay for it and not stay for it. If you want to, if you're exhausted, I got nowhere to be. We're in quarantine. Okay. True. We, we now read a cliffhanger okay. where we, we read the question here. And then we answer it. We do a Patreon show, which is an ex- very exclusive in the characters. Very exclusive. It's a, p- a pay and <laughs> a bonus episode where people can pay $5 a month to get what they get one episode every Friday. Or if they pay $10, they get a video episode. And I have to uh, tell you, Mike, we are having so much fun uh, doing it. Are we having fun in the characters? house? Is- it truly, it is so much fun over we there. We do a film festival, the we do Quarantine a film festival. International Film Festival. Ah. Last week we watched uh, Psycho and Bob and Carol and Ted and Alice. We did, great. And it's I a don't great know, film. I don't know how we didn't mention it, Brian. The psychiatrist from Bob and, and Ted and Carol and Alice was also the di- dog psychiatrist in Down and Out in Beverly Hills. Are you kidding? No, he's a real. He was a real. Uh, Hollywood or Beverly Hills Freudian shrink, and he plays the dog psychologist in Down and Beverly Hills. So he was Paul Mazursky's shrink psychiatrist. Yeah, I didn't know that. So funny. Um, and so anyway, we read our cliffhanger here, yes. and then people can get the answer on Patreon. But before we right. do that, where can people find you? Ken Tremendous on Twitter. That's my Twitter handle. I don't recommend it if you don't like uh, periodic eruptive bouts of uh, screaming and yelling about what's going on in the world. But that's it's at Ken Tremendous. Um, and then, uh, you know, if TV ever gets made again, 
I'll make some TV shows. And also, con- and, and, congratulations and, on the Parks and Rec fundraiser. That how did, did we amazing. not see this? Like Thank you. millions of dollars you raised. What's yeah. the, what's the tally now? The I I don't I haven't gotten an official tally in, in about ten days, but as of ten days ago, it was four point three million dollars. Incredible! All going really, to feeding America, right? right? Feeding All America. going to feeding America. In fact, it's I don't know when this is going to be up on your uh, on your podcasting website, but that you can still donate. It's feedingamerica.org slash Parks and Rec, awesome. A-N-D. And you can so, watch the special on you on YouTube. YouTube, Hulu, yeah. NBC.com. There's a billion places to watch it. It was really very hard to make um, and was only possible because of the like volunteered, essentially, work of about 100 people. But we had a great fun doing it, and it raised uh, – hopefully, it'll get, we'll get to $5 bucks. That's Unbelievable. That's well, we, really we cool. donated over two thousand dollars to feeding uh, to Meals on Wheels, Mike. So, so you know, you're not the only race. you're not the only person who's raising money during the quarantine. <laughs> There's so many wonderful charitable things going on, but that one really cut through all the noise. It, it was did. really something to say. Well, yeah. I think people are happy to see uh, Amy Poehler and uh, Chris Pratt and. Oh, that's my phone. I that's was like, fun. what's happening? There's a UFO, Leon. That's what it sounded like. Um, I think people were just really happy to see uh, Chris Pratt and Amy Poehler and and Rashida Jones and everybody back together again for half an hour. It was like we unbelievable we, when we were making it. We were like, we're gonna try to make a warm chocolate chip cookie. That's our goal. This is we're gonna try to make one big warm chocolate chip cookie and give it out to everyone who wants it. Oh, God. I think that well, that's the best way to put it because that has been the ultimate dessert during quarantine. They come out of the oven hot. They smell good, uh, and only you have to put your hands on them. You know what really no one makes has me to mad? Touch them. You know what yeah. really makes me upset? I served you a chocolate cook- cook- cookie when you came over. Well, for I hope you have about ten more night. for lunch because I'm starving and that's all I want now. Just so you know. <laughs> I, okay. I had Brian over for a quarantine cocktail. I had blood orange margaritas and a bottle of John Perignon and hot chocolate chip cookies out of the oven, and he didn't even touch them. I didn't. No. <laughs> okay, read the cliffhanger, dear. Oh, okay. Oh God, I read the last one, didn't I? You did. Okay, let me find it. Dear Ron and Brian, I've recently been dating a guy for a little over a month now. The first time we met, we instantly clicked. We have very similar life experiences, the same sense of humor, like the same things, and both have very similar ways of thinking. I have never dated someone with whom I have as much in common with. He's really sweet and always does little romantic things for me. I've with really whom su- I have as much in common with? Yeah, Is that what that says? Yes. Yeah. That I've never had as okay. much in common with. Yeah. Um, with whom I have as much in common with. Right. <laughs> Is that what I said? That's what they said, That's what not they you. Said. Yes, you yeah. are. Go on. He is, <laughs> he's really sweet and always does a little romantic. Okay. I've really started to like him and things have been absolutely wonderful until recently. Mm-mm. I have misophonia. Just kidding. Okay. We are both. <laughs> <laughs> we are both on the He prep. says he has misophonia and I say I want a blowjob. Correct. <laughs> now what? We are yeah. both on prep. Everyone knows what that is now, right? Do you know, you know what prep is, Mike? You heard of prep? I don't think so. So it's like birth control, but for um, gay people, uh, you take one every day and it inhibits HIV. So you just, it gotcha. like, yeah. But okay. can women, can women take and it women, Of course, yes. Anyone could it's take it. It's most popular it's, used by gay men, but yes, anyone can take it's it. It's actually the exact thing we're hoping for before the vaccine and we'll hopefully get to it's before like the vaccine. It's like an inhibitor. Yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. We are both on prep and have been hooking up for the past month. Last week, I started noticing some symptoms and went to my doctor. The doctor informed me I had an STI and gave me antibiotics. Since I have not hooked up with anyone else uh, than him since we started dating, 
Okay, so mm. he is the only person who could have given it to me. Oh, I see. I know I am partially to blame here because I should have insisted on using protection. I told him about the infection so he could get it treated. I So this is what PrEP has also done is just people aren't using condom as, condoms as much because the things you get now don't, you know, affect your life really as, right. as much as HIV. I told him about the infection so he could get treated. I asked him if he has had sex with someone other than me. He said he had sex with someone around a week and a half ago. He apologized to me about the situation and went to an urgent care that night and got on antibiotics. We never explicitly said that we were not having sex with other people. However, given how serious things were getting in the relationship and the fact that we're in a pandemic, Hmm. yeah, I thought it was implicit. He never mentioned anything at all about seeing other people or sleeping with other people. And when I asked directly, I could tell he was hesitant to tell me about it. His hesitation did not seem to be defensive in nature, but seemed to be more due to embarrassment and not wanting to jeopardize our relationship. My question is, do you think that this is something to end things between us or should we continue things but discuss more explicitly our expectations? I know STIs happen, and I think he handled the situation the right way by apologizing, getting treated immediately, and telling me the truth. However, it also seems like it's a red flag. We've only been dating a little over a month, so I don't know if that makes things better or worse in the oh. situation. Should I just see how he handles things from here or should I just end things the right way? Thank you so much. I'd prefer if you didn't use my real name if you decide to answer the question. Well, we're answering it on Patreon. So you can go there, patreon.com slash askrana. Can I just say that it's crazy that Anthony Fauci sent in two different it's questions? Not, <laughs> I have to say, it's not right. And you know I mean, what? Here we were holding him up as this <laughs> model of inspiration and perfection. <laughs> Meanwhile, he's hooking up with people during the pandemic. I mean, it's, it's so irresponsible. Uh, well, God, I, I, I dodged a bullet. I did. I wonder if he used the uh, the melanoma line on this guy well, too. Who could that not work to get into bed with someone? I mean, that what a pickup line. Well, in my crowd, the crowd, the melanoma line's pretty popular. <laughs> I'll tell you that. Mike, thank you endlessly for doing this with us today. Uh, this was my such extreme a, pleasure. Such a pleasure. And I want to know: Can you still mix a good Tom Collins? You know, I'm a little out of practice, but let me know if you're having any more events at the house. I'll come out to Marblehead. I'll I'll put on the old vest and I'll get I'll, I'll whip something up for you. You must still have your Boston bartending book there. The old oh, Boston bartending sure book. In a, in a box somewhere in the basement. I'm sure I can dig it out. This was such a pleasure. Thank you so much. And okay. kiss, kiss. Keep provoke. Keep being a provocateur. Yes. We need that. <laughs> Yeah, that's what we best. need from you right now. And we look forward to voting for you for Senator Mike Shaw. Definitely. Thank you. Uh, th- okay. <laughs> Thank you for having me. Kiss, kiss. the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.